everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. All reunited and it feels so good. Yeah. Good morning. Welcome to this tremendous Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3 from Parts Unknown. I'm joined inside the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, not the one with the lush blonde hair that makes the ladies swoon. No, it's the other producer extraordinaire back from having to need to take a day off. Hannah, five names is back in the house. That means you know it's going to be a great show. We had two guests lined up for you today. Jarrett Rozier. Going to be joining us, talking all things recruiting. Brian Kelly has been tearing it up on the recruiting trail. All those doubts on whether or not he could actually put together solid recruiting classes. Eh, Maybe starting to turn some, uh, change some people's minds, so to speak, as he continues to light it up on the recruiting trail coast to coast. We'll talk about that with Jarrett Rozier at 8 o'clock today. And then Ali Cassell will be joining us, our good friend from the Bird Rights, New Orleans Pelicans, Summer League Action, Trey Murphy, lighting it up. We'll talk all about that. That'll be coming up at 8.30. So both of our guests are in the final hour of today's show, which means plenty of time to hear from you. You know the drill. Give us a call on the game hotline. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We'd love to hear from you. And we're going to touch on a slew of different topics. In addition to recruiting and, of course, the New Orleans Pelicans, we're going to talk about the Major League Baseball home run derby, starting to get a couple of competitors involved. Albert Pujols is one of them. I ask why, why, why? PGA Tours being investigated by the Department of Justice. Never a good look. Never a good look. Never a good look when DOJ says, hey, what you doing? What's going on with you and your fam? That's been at least my experience. Anytime the Department of Justice is, you know, deciding to look into things not great we'll touch on that as well as our poll question of the day which is about rankings by ESPN where they put together little rankings of the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League and uh, one of the best didn't make the top 10 that all be coming up here on this edition of RP3 and Company. And of course, we love to hear from you as well. Once again, game hotlines open 
337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But let's talk a little NBA Summer League action, shall we? Why would we? Trey Murphy had himself quite the game. Now, once again, second-year pro took him a while to get started last year. He was benched a healthy scratch for many a games under Willie Green. He just wasn't ready. He looked good in summer league play. He looked good in preseason play. But the three-point shooter for the Pelicans as a rookie last year once he got game time, didn't look so good. Would be the best way to describe it. But, but, then he started to turn a corner. And later in the season, they started getting Trey Murphy the third minutes. And he started making buckets. That's what he did. Now, Summer League is a great place for him and rookies for this class to develop on their game. It's not elite competition. Some of the rookies get shut down early because the team has said, we've seen enough and we don't want to injure somebody. So we, we take what happens in Summer League with a grain of salt. I made the comment yesterday, think of Summer League like we do training camp. You know, every year we hear the stories coming out of training camp, in particular with the Saints. This guy is a great player. He's going to make a difference. Little Jordan Humphrey. Surreal Grayson. Name some random guy that is a star in training camp, and nine times out of ten, they do nothing in the regular season and sometimes don't even make the roster. Summer League's kind of like that. So just make sure you have the right perspective when it comes to NBA Summer League conversation. Don't want that to be confusing for anyone when we put things in perspective. But Trey Murphy went off. 30 points, 6 rebounds, and 1 assist in last night's 101-73 to win in Summer League. Out there in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada. It's where they play all the summer league games. And Murphy played extremely well. 10 of 18 shooting. High percentage there. 3 of 6 from 3-point range. 7 of 9 from free, th- free throw, from the free throw line. And plus 19 point differential. So they had a very good game. And when you look at the rest of the Pels, how they fared, EJ Little was on his way of having a very good game. Six points, three for three shooting. Played 13 minutes, then injured himself. Injured himself one time, then injured himself the second time. The second time requires MRIs. They had to be taken. He had to be taken off the court. So the second round pick for the New Orleans Pelicans. His summer league time may have been cut short. But you look at the guys that got run, right? Trey Murphy, the third, trying to develop his game as a second-year pro, entering his second season in the association. Najee Marshall, 
who didn't play as much as we thought he was going to last year for Willie Green, but still a fairly, fairly young player, valuable player. He played 24 minutes last night, scored nine points, had three rebounds, three assists. And then there's a bunch of guys that aren't going to make the roster. Plowden had 16 points. John Petty Jr. played 25 minutes, scored nine points. Eh, so there you go. It's lots of it's lots of guys that probably aren't going to make the big roster, but it gives them an opportunity to get some run during summer league. The team can then stash them away overseas or put them in the G League. Because remember, the Pelicans have a G League affiliate now in Birmingham. So a lot of these guys can go play in the G League and kind of work on their game, so to speak. But while Murphy went off, former LSU Tiger, Tari Eason, who was drafted in the first round of this year's draft by the Houston Rockets, he had him quite the night in a 97-84 win for the Rockets in the summer league play. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. That's that's good. Look, of all the guys that have been taken by LSU in recent years, that have come out of LSU, rather, besides Cam Thomas, because Cam Thomas can shoot the lights out of a gymnasium, and if you can do that, you will always find a role in the NBA. Easton feels like the one guy because he can do both things on the on the court. He can play offense and defense. Feels like he can be a guy that can play in the league for 10 years. And once again, summer league play. We have to put things in perspective. But... 29 minutes, scoring 22 points, 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals, 3 assists, 9-16 from the field. It's a nice night. Their number 3 overall pick, the other first-round pick by the Rockets, Jabari Smith. He played 28 minutes, shot 6 of 12. 9 rebounds, 19 points, nearly had himself a double-double as well. I like what the Rockets have done the last couple of years. They're doing a full-on, full-blown rebuild from scratch. They got some guys that can be part of a foundation. Now, whether or not any of these guys are going to be a star, a superstar, if you will, in the association, eh, I, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. But... They got a bunch of guys that can be foundation pieces, which is what you're kind of looking for right now. You hope one of those guys turns into a superstar, but there's never a guarantee on this. There just isn't. So you kind of hope for the best is what you hope for. Orlando Magic, they had the top overall pick in the draft and they surprised some if you remember by going with the young man out of duke well they've seen enough from him because bonchero didn't even play last night <laughs> they went ahead and made the decision 
We've seen enough for Amar, number one overall pick. He can rest the rest of Summer League. That'll be fine. We're very pleased with our player, and we don't want him to be injured. We don't want there to be a Zion Williamson situation. Remember, Zion Williamson was number one overall, played in the Summer League, got hurt in the Summer League, missed the first part of his rookie season. Eh, yeah. A lot of these teams are going to have pause. They want to see their guy play a couple games against some competition. Great. Glad you're out in Vegas. Glad we're playing these games, but no thank you. We're done now. You can you can come and just hang out at the team facility. We bought you a condo. You're fine. So, NBA Summer League continues rolling right along. We got to take a timeout, but when we return... We're going to unveil that poll question of the day. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Maybe we'll hear from the New Orleans Pelicans as well as about Summer League. We could do both. What? Wait for it. Two for one segment coming up here on RP3 and Company. It's what happens when Hannah Five Names comes back. When she comes back and controls the board, it's what happens around here. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. That's right. All you have to do to score this Apple Watch is join our brand new text club. That's right. Why don't you go ahead and join this morning? Simply text the word GAME to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join, you'll become eligible to win a brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have tons of chances to score other great prizes like Houston Astros tickets, concert tickets, and so much more. Once again, join our brand new text club. Simply text the word GAME, G-A-M-E, to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. It's the game's brand new text club, and you can find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. New Orleans Pelicans were a winner last night in summer league action. But that's not really what stands out. What stands out is the performance of Trey Murphy the third. He was the other first-round pick. He was the Pelicans' first-round pick a year ago, rather. Slow start. While Herb Jones, the second-round pick out of Alabama, seemingly took to the team and took to playing in the association quickly under the guidance of Willie Green, Trey Murphy struggled. He struggled. It took him a while. He had to be benched. Lots of DMPs for the young man, the three-point shooter. But towards the end of the year, he started to catch on. It's as if he started to catch on to the game itself. 
finally broke through that rookie wall, so to speak, and became a big factor in the Pelicans' run in the playoffs. And last night, he went off in the old summer league ball game as he led the Pels in scoring in the 101-73 victory, scoring 30 points with six rebounds and one assist. And the young man entering his second year in the association said what worked so well for him on offense last night. Just shared the ball, really. That's all we can accompany it to, and then we hit shots. I think that was the main difference between uh, the game against Portland and this game. We didn't hit many shots against Portland, and, uh, you know, I think we just shared the ball. That's about it, really. He wasn't the only star last night. Quan Plowden stepped up off the bench, scoring 16 points, 5 of 7 shooting from the field, including being a perfect 5 of 5 from the free throw line. And Trey Murphy talked about how impressive he was. That's Daquan, man. He's a dog, man. He locks up, super athlete, and, you know, he's just going to compete at a really high level, and that's what we try to do as, a, as an organization. That's what we do from top to bottom. Whether or not there's going to be a spot for Daquan, I don't know. Look, they, as it stands right now, their second-round pick, Little, it doesn't have, Liddell, rather, doesn't have a, a spot. You can only carry 15. They got 16, not to mention the summer league guys. So they haven't made any moves. They still have Devontae Graham. Now, Devontae's Graham legal issues with, you know, the arrest that happened late last week probably will play a role in him being released instead of finding someone to trade him to. Or that could complicate matters because you have to wait on that being resolved before you can get rid of him. So, they have some roster adjustment to work on. And obviously, we'll ask Ali Cassell about that later on in today's show, what he thinks is going to happen there. And are they going to be able to find a place for the young man? Because, once again, it's one thing to ball out during summer league, but can you do it on the regular? Right? That's the big, big, the big thing. Another guy that contributed, obviously, last night was Jared Harper. He chipped in 14 points on uh, two of five shooting from the field, but nine from 12 from three free throw range, rather. And he explained what makes Trey Murphy so special, in particular, about creating space on the floor. Oh, it was great, just um, with his length and just being able to stretch the floor and um, be able to shoot and as he's working on his game, put the ball on the floor, he's getting to the free throw line and finish around the basket a lot, which is, was really good. Look, Trey's the star. Trey's the guy that's going to be making the roster. We know this. We also know Najee Marshall is getting some run in summer league as well. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Najee because he saw his minutes in his time go down under Willie Green. Now, is that because he doesn't fit what Willie Green wants to do, or did he just struggle to make the adjustment? He's obviously still on the roster, but we'll have to find out, so to speak. Jerron Collins, former NBA player. He's a Pelicans assistant coach. He's the man running summer league for the Pels as Willie Green gets to watch from afar.
And, you know, he put in perspective Trey Murphy's performance last night. I thought Trey did a really good job of letting the game come to him. Um, he, he drove when there were lanes. He shot the three with no hesitation, playmaked, and made early easy passes. When you play like that, it, it, it can look easy um, the way that he was playing because he, he, he let the game come to him. And um, he did a really good job just being effective and playing with a lot of energy. Now, when guys get banged up, the Pelicans understand this more than anything. Guys get banged up during summer league, it makes you a little gun shy, right? We saw what happened with Zion Williamson just a few years ago. So, Coach Jerron Collins was asked, you know, what's the game plan for the injured players the rest of summer league play? That I, more than likely, that's it for them. Um, but we'll have those conversations um, and circle back to you guys tomorrow, obviously. But uh, more than likely, those guys are done the rest of the summer league. Right. Well, once again, summer league doesn't count. You know, you, you'll get a summer league championship, but that really doesn't matter in, in any realm. It, it just doesn't. It does not matter. So you see what you see from these guys. You can have them run through some drills, go through practices, play some in-game competition, and then you'll be done with it. And you say, hey, that's great. Y'all look awesome. You're done. <laughs> Don't get in trouble while we're in Las Vegas. How about that? <laughs> that's that's just make sure that's the most important thing. Poll question of the day. I told you we'd talk about it. And we're going to de- do a deeper dive into it after this timeout. But our poll question of the day, is Lamar Jackson a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League? It's been a highly uh, debated topic ever since ESPN dropped its top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, and Lamar Jackson is not one of them. Despite being an all-pro and a league MVP (laughs) and leading his team to the playoffs multiple times, Lamar not in the top 10. Is Lamar Jackson a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Right now it's a 50-50 split with your votes keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day and we're going to discuss it next right here on rp3 and company you're listening to the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers in houston astros sign up right now for the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets gift certificates and more this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles is packing its bags and headed to Atlanta, Georgia for SEC Media Days. Tune in starting on Monday. As both yours truly, RP3 and company, and crunch time with Miguez and the Mesh. We'll be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame for the games live from SEC Media Day coverage presented by Bordelon Furniture. Not only will yours truly and the Miguez be broadcasting live, we will also be providing live updates every day on Kevin Foot Show Footnotes and the Jordy Holtberg Show. So kick off the 2022 season in Atlanta with the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
Let's talk football, shall we? This is the season when silliness gets released and people say things. And people release information. And it's done for content purposes. But then you go, eh, really? So ESPN put something together, which has caused a bit of buzz on social media, which, by the way, it's that was its intention. Make no bones about it. It's why they did it, because they knew it would stir the pot a little bit. It would get people's attention, if you will. So ESPN put together a survey of quarterbacks. They surveyed executives, front office personnel, and whatnot. Executives, coaches, and players. Now, we don't know exactly who these players, executive coaches are, how many players were interviewed compared to how many executives. We just know ESPN releases this thing. Top 10 NFL quarterbacks is voted by executives, coaches, and players. And here is your top 10. Aaron Rodgers and all those Super Bowl championships, number one. Patrick Mahomes is number two. Josh Allen, number three. Tom Brady, number four. Joe Burrow, number five. So far, I have no issue here. Joe Burrow being five, okay. Want to see if Cincinnati can keep him alive is my bigger concern there. But Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Burrow is your top five. Then we get through six through ten and things get what I call interesting. Matthew Stafford is six. Really? Matthew Stafford, who led the league in interceptions last year, but won a Super Bowl, is number six on the list. Justin Herbert is seven. Russell Wilson is eight. Deshaun Watson, who may not play again this year after not playing last year, is nine. And Dak Prescott is 10. Now, the big omission is, of course, Lamar Jackson. And I look at this list and I go, okay, I'll buy your top five. Even though I probably would put Mahomes one and Rodgers two. But that's a very good top five. But when you get to the back part of this list is what I have, I take some issues with. And... I look at it and I go, okay, Russell Wilson. He probably still belongs in the top 10. So I'll concede there. I don't know how much Russ has got left in the tank. We'll see what he's got left when he gets to Denver. But okay, you still want to consider him a top 10 quarterback. Matthew Stafford, six. Matthew Stafford didn't even play to his level last year that he did when he was in Detroit. Do you believe Matthew Stafford is the sixth best quarterback in the NFL? 
I mean, Matthew Stafford was never believed to be a top five quarterback of any year he played. But he's number six now because he won a Super Bowl? I take some questions there. I like Justin Herbert. So please don't mistake this. I like Justin Herbert. And I think the young man has a ton, a ton of potential. Just wrapped up his second season in the league. Part of that draft class of Joe Burrow. And he lit it up. 4,300 yards passing as a rook. 31 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Last year, 5,000 yards passing. 38 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. But seven? Okay. But I could make an argument that Justin Herbert, not Bear, in case anyone was confused. Herbert. But Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford. First of all, how can a guy be a top 10 quarterback in the league if he didn't play last year? I, I just, I take away the fact that Deshaun Watson may not play at all this year. Shouldn't availability count in this scenario? If you're getting Deshaun Watson from a couple years ago before he was riddled with scandal and before he's missed time, I'd say sure he's a top 10 quarterback. Is he a top 10 quarterback right now? We haven't seen the guy play. And we may not see him play this year. And I love Dak Prescott. You've heard me on this show. Even though I strongly, strongly dislike the Dallas Cowboys. I'm trying not to use the word hate. My daughter fusses at me for it. Strongly dislike America's team. I've defended Dak Prescott on the airwaves here over and over again. But Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson are kind of a push, aren't they? So Matthew Stafford feels that he's ranked too high on this list. Justin Herbert's been in the league two years. Okay. But Deshaun Watson didn't play last year. Cat didn't play. Cat may not play this year. He may be suspended. He may not be able to play this year. How can you be a top 10 in your position if you're not playing? I don't get it. I really don't. I just don't understand. Also, everyone views Deshaun Watson as a great quarterback, right? Okay. I'm on board for that. Let's say I believe Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. Deshaun Watson in four seasons playing in the league, because remember, he didn't play last year. 67.8% of his passes have been completed. 14,539 passing yards. 104 touchdowns to only 36 interceptions. That's good, right? This is some good numbers. Three-time he's been to the old Pro Bowl. And in addition, he has 1,600 
yards rushing and 17 touchdowns on the ground. Right? So three-time Pro Bowler in four seasons. That's what Deshaun Watson's giving you. Lamar Jackson in four seasons. And just like Deshaun, he transitioned his rookie year into a starter, just like Deshaun did. Didn't play a full season that first year. He has nearly 10,000 yards passing, 84 touchdowns to 31 interceptions. Has 3,600 yards rushing, 21 rushing touchdowns. Has completed 64% of his passes. He's led his team to the playoffs three times in four seasons. A two-time pro bowler, a one-time all-pro, and a league MVP. trying to tell me Lamar Jackson's not a top 10 quarterback in the league right now right now I'm not talking about two years ago. I'm, I'm talking about right now I'll give you Rodgers Mahomes Josh Allen look Josh Allen may be the best of the bunch we we, we may be just waiting to anoint Josh Allen because we're still you know NFL is still in love with Aaron Rodgers. A love affair that's getting to the border borderline being nauseating now. By the way, Rodgers hasn't racked up championships either, which is usually the... I, I, look, you, you make the list, you do this, it creates content, it creates buzz, it gets people talking. So ESPN accomplished its goal by doing this. I just don't see where you can have a top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now without Lamar Jackson. You may not like his style of play. You may not like the fact that the Baltimore Ravens run a different offense that most teams don't run because they utilize what Lamar can do with his legs. You you may not like that. You may not like that style of offensive football. The guy is wildly effective. He completes 64% of his passes. He can also run the ball. He leads his team to playoffs. He's a league MVP. If, if the conversation's going to be other guys winning league MVPs, and that's part of their, you know, part of their resume to being ranked in the top 10, the fact that you're omitting Lamar Jackson is curious. And once again, Deshaun Watson didn't play last year, and Deshaun Watson may not play this year. How can a guy be ranked in the top 10 in the league if he's not eligible to play? <laughs> like, it's just this is just basic stuff for me. That alone should not make Deshaun Watson the top 10 in the in the rankings. If Deshaun Watson ever plays again, then he'll be able to reclaim his spot in the top 10. That's how I would have done that. The Browns are looking at putting Jacoby Brissett out onto the field this year. Jacoby Brissett. Come on down, Jacoby. You need to be the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns because the Browns make poor decisions. Giving the most guaranteed money in NFL history to a guy who may not play this year. Woof. May not like Lamar's play. But if you're telling me right now that Lamar Jackson is not a top 10 quarterback in this league, I, I'm not buying your conversation.
Just not. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. And just a thought. Once again, this was a survey done by ESPN with league executives and coaches and players, right? Don't forget, the NFL thought Lamar Jackson should have played wide receiver coming out of college. He wasn't drafted until 32 when Baltimore drafted, traded back into the first round to go grab him because they're like, uh, this guy could be special. Ozzie Newsom made a lot of great decisions as the general manager for the Baltimore Ravens over the years. And a guy that league executives thought couldn't play quarterback in the NFL and should have been a wide receiver coming out of college has only turned himself into an MVP and all-pro and a two-time Pro Bowler with the fourth most wins among quarterbacks since becoming a starter, by the way. The fourth most wins among quarterbacks since becoming a starter. So, yeah. So, of course, he's not ranked in the top ten. <laughs> Just Deshaun Watson didn't play last year. Still in the top ten. All right. Is Lamar Jackson a top ten quarterback in the NFL? Right now, 50, 56% of you say no. 44% say yes. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming on Facebook and Twitter. You can also give us a holler on the game hotline and let your views be known as well. 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Andy Dalton would be a better scenario than Marcus Mariota, in my opinion. And they didn't even try to go after him either. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, do they believe that Marcus Mariota is going to be their guy? Crunch time with Mikas and Mesh. Weekday afternoons, 4 to 6 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. Or you can get yourself a $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. So you can win those food gift certificates to help with date night blues. You can also score Astros tickets, concert tickets, station swag, and more. But if you want to win that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's, the $50 gift certificate to Half Shell, or the $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, you got to go sign up today. Become a member of our clubhouse. It's simple. It's free. Simply visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to check it out click on the clubhouse rewards tab and you can sign up today we even have a video showing you how to get it done it's free it's simple so go join our rewards club today trust me you won't regret it poll question of the day is lamar jackson a top 10 quarterback we asked you is he not ranked in ESPN survey of executives, coaches, and players. 
not ranked in that, left out of the top 10. So we asked you, is he a top 10 quarterback? 61% of you say no, 39% say yes. Steve says, fantasy, yes, playoffs, not really. Often injured because of his playing style. The best ability is availability. In the AFC North, he shines like a diamond in a goat's butt. Not saying much because the other quarterbacks are backups on any other team. But my reply would be, okay, but Deshaun Watson wasn't available at all last year. He didn't play a single game last year. And he may not play a single game this year. So how's Deshaun Watson a top 10 quarterback if he's not available? And Steve just threw, did did Steve inadvertently throw shade at Joe Burrow? Fellow AFC North quarterback? Ooh, salty Steve. Darren on Twitter says, he's better than Dak and Stafford. The whole offense runs through him. Just because it's not the conventional way people may not look at him as top 10, he won an MVP, which is more than six guys in the top 10 list. Mr. Cajun says, no, he's a running back. But Mr. Cajun, how is he a running back? How's he a running back? He's thrown for nearly 10,000 yards, completed 64% of his passes. He's far more than just a running back. Also, playoff success. You know how many playoff wins Lamar Jackson has? The same amount as Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. They all have one playoff win. I'm telling you, telling you, there's not that much of a difference. Not that much of a difference. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. That's going to do it for hour number one here of RP3 and company. We'll take your phone calls to open up hour number two. Game hotline's open, 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Our number two has arrived here for RP3 and company on this tremendous Tuesday edition of the show. Once again, joining me inside the game studios is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Good start to today's show. We talk a little NBA Summer League, touched on what the Pelicans were able to do. Also, we're able to touch on what Tari Eason was able to do there for the Houston Rockets. I just, I like his skill set. And I think he's going to have a legitimate chance of making it in the NBA because he can do a lot of things really well. And I like what Houston's done. Now, Jabari Smith or Tari Eason or any of those guys going to be perennial all-stars? I don't know. But they've gotten some good foundation pieces the last couple years building up through the draft. And the Pelicans, Trey Murphy, look, benched for a good portion of last year, his rookie season, struggled to make the adjustment to the NBA, but caught on late, and he's tearing it up in summer league play. 
for the Pels. Of course, we also touched on ESPN's unveiling of their survey, if you will, of the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. Do I believe Lamar Jackson's a top five quarterback in the NFL? No. If you ask me right now, I'm probably going to tell you Josh Allen. I feel like Josh Allen this next year is going to be his year of taking over the mantle as the best quarterback in the NFL from Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. But I think I think those three guys, and then you throw Joe Burrow in the, in the bunch, I, those guys are at the top, right? And then you throw in Tom Brady, even though I think Father Tom's eventually going to catch up with him. But then you look at the back of the uh, of the of their top five. So I, I, I don't really have beef with the top five. Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh, uh, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Joe Burrow. Even though I'd like to see another year from Joe. Because his first year was cut short due to injury. And I'm not convinced that Cincinnati, even though they did a nice job this offseason of trying to protect Joe if they are actually inclined to not killing him. Justin Herbert has put up really, really good numbers. He looks the part of legit elite quarterback in the National Football League. Does he make his team that much better? I don't know yet. And the Chargers are a weird team because they always have talent yet always underperform, right? Even back in the day when they had Ladanium Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates. They always underwhelmed you, especially in the postseason. But I'll concede on him. Russell Wilson, even though I think he may be on the backside of his career, I think there's too much wear and tear on that body. He could have a, a, a resurrection, if you will, of his abilities in Denver. Okay. But it comes down for me, Lamar Jackson deserves to be in the top 10. Put him at 10. I'd be okay with that. You know, some of the comments, shout out to Salty Steve, you know, availability. Yeah. Okay. Deshaun Watson didn't play last year. Deshaun Watson may not play this year. Yet, Deshaun Watson's in the top 10. Okay. So that argument doesn't make any sense if you're talking about availability because Lamar gets banged up because of the style of play that they do there in Baltimore. Okay, well, Deshaun Watson didn't play at all last year, and he may not play this year. So the availability argument can't work there. He's also a guy that completes 64% of his passes. We think of him as a runner because of his time at Louisville and the fact that he's rushed for nearly 4,000 yards in the NFL. I get it. He's not a traditional quarterback. I understand that. But nearly 10,000 yards passing, 84 touchdowns, Complete 64% of his passes. And if you want to go with the metric, okay, RP3, don't care about MVPs. You want to take the Kevin Foote argument, I don't care about MVPs. Okay, great. He won one. You don't want to use that as the argument of deserving in the, to be in the top 10. Okay, great. He has one playoff victory. He's led his team to the playoffs three times. He has one playoff victory. The same amount as Dak Prescott and the same amount as Deshaun Watson. And I can make an argument that those two guys have had better offensive weapons on their rosters that they've played with, in particular at wide receiver, with Amari Cooper for Dallas, 
and DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. Better offensive weapons. And they only have one playoff win as well. Just saying. Probably deserves to be in the top 10. Top five, no. Top 10, yes. That's our poll question of the day. Let's get some comments. We got people waiting on the hotline to chime in. Let's start off with James. James, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, man, you hit all my hot spots. I think you make this list two years from now, four or five of those guys aren't even on the list, and four of them are out of the league. Uh, A couple of them are on the back end of their career, like four of them. Uh, I'm definitely pro Lamar Jackson. He just doesn't look like the average quarterback, but everything's there. Um, I think that I got to take up for Dak Prescott as much as I hate, hate the Cowboys and their idiot general manager that was the inspiration for Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. That's <laughs> a, a good reference. Continue. I'm sorry. Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott's one playoff win is like dog years. That's like seven if he was playing for anybody else. And I like Dak, and I like Dak a lot. I do. I, I agree. I, look, I agree with you. I've, I've defended Dak on this show before. Um, okay, my, my, my gripe is if it has, it comes down to Deshaun Watson for me because he didn't play at all last year. So, look, he's a great talent, but this cat may not play this year. We're talking about a guy that may not play two years in his prime and has all the off-the-field issues as a, as a top-ten quarterback. I just... I don't know. You got to be available. And and I get the argument that Lamar gets banged up and he misses time like he did last year, right? He got banged up last year. I understand that. I really do. But that's got to be applied to Deshaun Watson. And what this also shows me, James, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you. I think more executives and coaches were interviewed for this than were players. I'd be willing to bet you. And it also goes to show me that as much as the NFL wants to tell us that they care about integrity, they care about off the field, they care about the, the the moral compass of their league, they really don't because every one of those GMs would want Deshaun Watson on their team. And if they could figure out a way to do it, they would have. Plain and simple. I, I agree 100%. And I think three of these guys aren't on the list next year and a couple of them are out of the league. Tom Brady, Stafford and Russell Wilson are all just going to fall off a cliff this year. Father Time's going to catch up. Everybody's got film on the on the Rams. They're not surprising. James, appreciate the phone call, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Thank you. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy, Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Oh, morning, Ray. Uh, first thing, Ray, that, that segment yesterday morning with Chris, I, that was the best college realignment uh, uh, conversation that, that I've heard yet. I mean, it really cleared it up for me, man, and uh, that was a great segment. He's Thanks great. He's that, great. Man. Chris Vanini of The Athletic. And you know what's, what's great about Chris, too, Doug, is that he do, he just doesn't cover the big boy conferences. He pays attention to the Sun Belt and to the, the right. group of five conferences as well. So he really understands what's going on on all levels of college football. That's what makes him so great. Yeah, you you could tell by his conversation. He knows what he's talking about. And then, I mean, you got it too, Ray. The both of y'all together really cleared it up for me. And now, Ray, Lamar Jackson, uh, he's not in my top five either, but certainly in my top ten. 
And if anybody noticed anything, last year he got better at his passing game. Yep. I believe Coach Harbaugh worked with him, got him to uh, throw the ball a little bit more, you know, slow down on those happy feet uh, and, and play quarterback. He's too much uh, Michael Vickish for me, you know. Yeah, and it's one of those things that you have to teach them, right? You have to teach them just like Vic had to learn later on to be a great passer or a better passer with Andy Reid in Philadelphia when he kind of revitalized his career post-prison. Lamar Jackson's having to learn how to do that because, look, all all these guys when they go to college, especially like a guy like Lamar, right, hey, utilize your legs, it doesn't matter, right? It it doesn't matter. Do whatever you can, and that was he was coached by, of course, Bobby Petrino, is do whatever you can to put up points and to score points. But you're right. I mean, you look at his completion percentage uh, last year, 64.4%. The year before, 64.4%. They've gotten better, though. He's looked better with the completion percentage. It's more yeah, than just numbers. Yeah, he looks better, yeah. Ray. Really does. Joe Burrow's in my top five, though. There you go, bud. I knew. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Appreciate the phone call, Doug. Enjoy your Thank day, brother. You, yeah, I mean, you look, the league is in great shape when it comes to quarterbacks. Because Tom Brady is going to retire. Matthew Stafford will be retiring. Russell Wilson will be retiring. So the, the new generation of guys, right? Big Ben's retired. Eli's retired. Drew's retired. Who's up? Well, the league is going to be in the hands of Patrick Mahomes. And Aaron Rodgers will eventually retire. Oh, he'll just get disinterested with football and then, you know, I don't know, study physics or I don't know, whatever he does. Getting weird tattoos. So, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, the league has got a handful of guys that are really top-flight quarterbacks that are going to lead. I mean, when I say that, of all the guys, Lamar, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, watch out. Josh Allen may be the best of the bunch. And you're talking about Mahomes, who's already been to a couple of Super Bowls and has won one. Joe Burrow has been to a Super Bowl. Justin Herbert, who's just tearing it up passing-wise. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP. Josh Allen may be the best of the bunch. He could be. It sure does feel like, but it feels like these group of guys are going to just be battling it out. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) just to remind you, Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs, Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals, Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens, Justin Herbert for the Los Angeles Chargers. All five of those great young quarterbacks who very well next year could be your top five quarterbacks in the league and could be battling out for MVPs and all-pro honors every year, all five are in the AFC. All five. (laughs) Just, woo. Man, if I'm a quarterback, I'm doing whatever I can to get over into the NFC. The fact that Russell Wilson signed off on going to Denver maybe scratch my head a little bit. Not because I don't believe Denver has some nice elements there, because they do. That roster is a lot better than you think it is. Not that. 
Oh, and also, by the way, Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. I don't think he's top 10, but he's very good. He's also in the AFC. <laughs> Why would you go to the stacked AFC when the NFC is literally Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and Stafford, who led the league in interceptions last year? Look, I like Matthew Stafford. Please don't take that the wrong way. I like Stafford. Do I think he's a top 10 quarterback? Eh, probably not. He led the league in interceptions last year. Still was able to win the Super Bowl because he got really good during the playoffs when it mattered the most. He was accurate, and he played his best football of his career in that playoff run. But let's say you still believe Stafford and Rodgers, the Rams and the Packers are you know still top tier. Well, okay, that's two teams. That's it. If I was a quarterback, I'd be like, uh, can I go to the NFC? Because it sure does seem like there's an easier pathway for me to get to the playoffs and possibly make a deep playoff run. If the Cowboys could ever get their act together, by the way, it has nothing to do with Dak. It has everything to do with the general manager slash owner who continues, gets, gets in his team's way of success. It's right there on a silver platter. Good phone calls. Good conversation. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Keep those comments coming on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just make sure you keep them clean for the kids. Don't get salty. Brad has chimed in. No, he's the typical dual threat QB. Once defenses get enough film on him, they force him to be a real QB, and then he's up and down. I think every quarterback in the league is up and down. Defense has always figured them out. I don't think that's a dual threat situation, to be honest with you. Keep those votes coming, though, and leave them on Facebook and Twitter. We got to take a timeout. When we return, hey, PGA Tour, Department of Justice would like to have a word. We'll touch on that next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team and Pat O's. We're going! you guess which one rp3 is back to more rp3 and company on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station oh we know you love to entertain during the fall College football Saturday, like getting all the fellas or the family members around there in your on your back patio, outdoor living space, or maybe your man cave. You love to hold court, so to speak, as you're watching McNeese or the Raging Cajuns or LSU, and then Sundays at Saints. You love to have a great time. Why not take that outdoor space and make it better? Improve it, if you will. Make it be the star of the show. 
you need to go check out my friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite because they can transform your outdoor living space and your man cave into the envy of your neighborhood on game days. You already know they create and install show-stopping marble countertops for kitchens and bathrooms. But they can also do your man cave and your outdoor living space and work their magic that way as well. Go visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. They update their inventory every single Wednesday. Or you know what? You could simply stop by their showroom located there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Either way, Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're going to transform your man cave or outdoor living space into the envy of your neighborhood. So go check out their website, lmgelite.com today, or visit their showroom on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, that's not a word, don't forget to go vote on our poll question of the day. Is Lamar Jackson a top 10 quarterback? Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well, and we will continue to update that throughout today's show. You guys are coming up with some good, good comments. Some quality takes here. Even though I may disagree with them, I appreciate you leaving them. Don't always agree with your takes, but you know what? I like them, and I like the fact that you leave them. James on Facebook says, yes, not the cookie-cutter prototypical quarterback of yesteryear, but a star in today's NFL. Ralph Bergeron says, don't sleep with Er on Zach Wilson. First jet to score over 40 in a long time. I'm here for that comment. Ralph, thank you for that. Zach Wilson, legend. David Ackman Jr. says, no, all those comments on Facebook. Steve brings up a good point. If your kid's life depended on it, would you either would you let either under center? Hell no, Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson. Ah. <sighs> I don't know, man. If you gave me a choice, you know, I'd probably lean Dak Prescott. I like I like Dak Prescott more than others. And once again, I am not a Cowboys fan. I strongly, strongly dislike Cowboys. Once again, I'm not allowed to use the word hate anymore. That has been ruled in the Parch household by my daughter. I get the business if I use that word. Daddy, we don't use that word. Understood. But I think Lamar Jackson's still a top 10 quarterback. I wouldn't have Deshaun Watson in the top 10 because he's not available. He didn't play at all last year. And he may not play this year. Just saying. And I like Justin Herbert, but he really hasn't won anything yet. Russell Wilson. I love Russell Wilson. What's Russ got left? Can he be resurrected in Denver? Hmm. We're going to find out. Also really high on Derek Carr, by the way. But Lamar Jackson deserves to be in the top 10. Not top five, but he deserves to be in the top 10. Now, if he has a so-so season this year, we can revisit this next year and say, okay, he's not in the top 10. But I'll say what I said before. He deserves to be in the top 10. And also, 
Josh Allen may be the best quarterback in the league. That could happen this year. Let's talk a little golf while we have a few minutes. The Open Championship is this week at St. Andrews, the birthplace of golf. And it's the last major of the year. And, of course, the Live Tour fellas will be taking part in it. They're allowed because it is, in fact, an Open. But this story broke yesterday. And you got to be thrilled if you're the PGA Tour. As you try to focus on hopefully one of your golfers winning the Open Championship and not one of the rival, the upstart, if you will, L-I-V, Live. Wall Street Journal is reporting this, so that's a reputable news source. This isn't uh, Raekwondo's, you know, 237810 blog. The Wall Street Journal reports that the PGA Tour is being investigated by the Justice Department for possible anti-competitive behavior as its report to the threat of LIV Golf Invitational Series. That's right. U.S. Department of Justice is investigating the PGA Tour for a potential anti-competitive behavior in response to the threat from the Live Golf Invitational Series. Once again, several high-profile players, including Lefty, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, and more, have joined the upstart endeavor that is poised to become a league next year. Really, this this year is just, it's kind of, you know, soft opening, if you will. The PGA Tour and Commissioner Jay Monahan have issued indefinite suspensions to its members who have taken part in the first two events. Several players, meanwhile, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, and Patrick Reed have resigned their membership, which precludes them from competing. According to the Wall Street Journal, The DOJ's antitrust division has contacted players' agents to discuss the PGA Tour's bylaws as well as its recent penalties and reaction to live golf. If you remember, in the early 1990s, and Sports Illustrated reported on this yesterday as well, that the Federal Trade Commission looked into the tour's practices of requiring releases to play in events not on the PGA Tour, as well as seeking the same permission for playing golf and televised events outside of the PGA Tour. The FTC in 1994 determined that the PGA Tour broke antitrust laws, but no action was ever taken. That same year, Greg Norman had tried to launch the World Golf Tour That eventually never got started. Norman, by the way, is the CEO and commissioner of Live Golf. (laughs) Now, the PGA Tour said in a statement, quote, this was not unexpected. We went through this in 1994 and we're confident in a similar outcome, end quote. We'll see. We'll see. Having another league can't hurt. Like that's the that's the thing I don't understand about all of this. It can't hurt. So what if there's another league? So what if your golfers can go make a bazillion, you know, a, a quarter of a million or a million dollar? Like, why does it matter? You just take pride in your own product. 
and develop your own golf and make it better. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Focus on that. But instead, the PGA Tour and Monaghan's reaction has been, oh, acting like a jilted 13-year-old girl who's upset because her ex-boyfriend's dating her friend. Like, 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 who cares? Here's the thing. The PGA Tour and professional golf thrived before Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, all those guys played on the tour. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to thrive afterwards as well. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this is just kind of silliness. Their reaction to it, oh, you're suspended. Okay. So you're going to push guys out and let them go make $100 million from the Saudi Arabian government. Okay, great. And you're going to, you know, portray yourself as a jilted teenage lover. Did the commissioner read the Twilight series? Am I missing something here? It doesn't make any sense. You're the PGA Tour. Who cares? Most of the guys that have left for the LIV Tour, uh, most of them are past their prime. Who cares? And if you're worried about guys leaving because they want more money, if you're worried about stars leaving and joining another league and, and having more eyeballs on that league, then do a better job running your own league. Very simple. Pay your golfers more. Pay them what the fair market value is. And make the game better. It's not difficult. Not difficult. This is a classic case of the PGA Tour and Monaghan in particular being, I'm going to say it, slightly lazy. And just going, well, we're the PGA Tour. We don't have to put any forth any work. Well, you allowed this to happen. Because certain golfers went to you and said, hey, we'd like to be in less tournaments. We'd like them to be more competitive. We'd like bigger purses, so forth and so forth. And you said, nah, bruh, we're not doing that. Okay? You created this problem. You created the opportunity for the Saudi Arabian government to fund a rival golf league to you. Once again... You allowed a Ford government that is not doing things, you know, that treats their own people terribly. You allowed them to enter your backyard because you didn't take care of your yard. You didn't take care of your house. The fact that the live tour even exists falls at your feet. Because you didn't do your job as the commissioner and you didn't do your job as the tour to ensure that this type of stuff doesn't happen. You paved the way for this. And now you got to live with the repercussions. So stop complaining and crying like a 13-year-old girl. For real. We got to take a time out. When we return, Major League Baseball home run derby couple of competitors have already punched their ticket to come and compete 
in the event during All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles. One of them is Albert Pujols. My question is why? That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 12, 1970. Jack Nicklaus beats Doug Sanders by one stroke at St. Andrews in the Open Championship's first 18-hole playoff. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball. You can listen to them live tonight as they begin a three-game set at the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. 8.40 is first pitch. Love that West Coast baseball. But you can listen to them live right here on the game. But here's the other thing that you can do in addition to listening to them live tonight on the game. You can also win our latest Astros weekend getaway. That's right. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Seattle Mariners on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there in person. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score yourself four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. That's right. It is a tremendous package. Once again, four tickets, Stroh's Mariners from Minute Maid Ballpark on Saturday, July 30th. A tour of the park, the old big juice box, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. But you can only win it by becoming a member of our clubhouse, so go visit it at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Land Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's talk baseball. All-star rosters have been announced. And and look, in the next couple days, you're going to have a lot of guys that are going to opt out for rest purposes or for injury purposes. So the all-star roster is going to change a little bit. But also, of course, part of the Midsummer Classic is the Home Run Derby. And we only have a few names that are taking part in it so far early on this week. And we had them announced yesterday. So... Atlanta Braves star Ronald Acuna Jr. will be part of it. He's starting to finally come into form this year. New York Mets slugger Pete Alonzo is going to defend his home run derby crown. So that's awesome, right? You got two young stars that are going to be part of it, including the defending home run derby champion. Yay! Yay! And then there's the other addition. Albert Pujols. Why, oh, why, oh, why? So I'm going to put this in perspective for y'all. Last year, Pete Alonzo, his home run total was 23. Okay, he was a home run king. He's participated in two all-star home run derbies during his career and twice ended the night as champion and has twice won the $1 million prize for his efforts. 
That's Pete Alonso for the New York Mets, the Metropolitans. Remember in 2019, he took Vlad Guerrero Jr. down in an epic derby battle by hitting a total of 57 long balls? Phenomenal. Ronald Acuna Jr. last year only hit eight. And he's got plenty of flair. But if you want to look at the fellow National League East star, he's hit 113 home runs in 448 games. Alonzo's hit 129 in 455 games. Very similar stats. So even though Alonzo's a two-time home run derby champion, Okuna has displayed the power to be able to blast them out the ballpark as well. And look, home run derby is essentially glorified batting practice anyway. So two young stars. Outstanding. And then there's Albert Pujols. In his last season in the show, future Hall of Famer, great player, tremendous player. But why is Albert Pujols in the home run derby? My man's got five home runs on the year. Count them. Five. 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 The last time Albert hit more than, let's go, 20 home runs in a season was 2019. Would you like to know the last time Albert Pujols hit more than 30 home runs in a season? It was way back in 2016. Heck, the last time Albert Pujols was an actual all-star in his illustrious Hall of Fame career that has gone on probably about five years too long. Just saying. Was 2015. The last time Pujols was an all-star was 2015. The last time Pujols hit more than 30 home runs in a season is when he hit 31 in 2016. The man's got five home runs on the season. He's in the home run derby. Now, I get it. It's nostalgic, right? You get to see the big fella. He gets to be part of the all-star festivities. He's playing for St. Louis, the team that drafted him and developed him, and the team that he won the World Series championships with before he took the huge contract to go and be hurt in Anaheim. And he has familiarity with the ballpark because he played for the Dodgers for half a year last year. I get it. And he's a great player. Don't get it twisted. 22 years in the big leagues. 684 home runs in his career. And once again, the home run derby is glorified batting practice. So you're going to get meat pitches to drill out the yard. But really? Albert Pujols? Really? I love Alonzo being in it. I love uh, Okuna being in it. I love the home run derby. I can't help myself. I'm still the 12-year-old kid. I just am. I'm still the kid that loved baseball and collected baseball cards and loved the home run derby. And look, I get it. Nostalgic. You get to see the big fella out there doing his thing. 
and maybe maybe he wins it. Maybe Albert Pujols. But what's gonna be worse? Like like the upside is great. Last year in the big leagues, Albert Pujols, one of the greatest home run hitters of all time, wins the home run derby. It'd be a great story, wouldn't it? Be a tremendous story. Storybook type of story. Amazing. What if he's eliminated in the first round? What if he has the lowest amount of home runs of any competitor? That's not a great look either. So I don't know, man. Just seems unnecessary. I get it. You're going to have guys not compete. Jordan Alvarez is not going to compete in it. We know that because he's injured for the Astros. But Albert Pujols? Like, you're going to have to hit 20-some-odd home runs during the home run derby to probably win it. More than likely 25 to 30. Can Albert still do that? Can he? Eh, I don't know. I really don't. I, I don't know if he still has it in him to do that. Once again, 10-time All-Star, three-time league MVP, batting title champion, rookie of the year, two World Series championships, six silver sluggers. The resume speaks for itself. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Despite the numbers that he's put up on the tail end of his career in the better part of the last, say, you know, five to seven years where the average has dropped considerably and the home run totals have dropped considerably and the RBIs have dropped considerably. I hope Kevin heard that. I said RBIs with an S. I hope hope, hope he approves because we know how fired up he gets about that. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company, though, coming up. We'll close out hour number one. We'll update the poll question of the day. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. That's right. All you have to do to win a brand new Apple Watch is simply text the word GAME, G-A-M-E, to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join, you become eligible to score yourself an Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have tons of chances to score other great prizes like Houston Astros tickets, concert tickets, and station swag and more. It's the Games Text Club. Once again, to join, simply text the word GAME to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Let's check in on the old poll question of the day. We asked you, is Lamar Jackson a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League? This is in reference to ESPN conducting a survey amongst league executives, coaches, and players, and they unveiled their top 10 quarterbacks And Lamar Jackson, all-pro, two-time Pro Bowler, league MVP, taking his team to the playoffs three times in four seasons, is not in the top 10. So that spurred on our conversation. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League? 57% of you say no. 
43% say yes. And that's where we stand there. We've had some good comments, good questions, good comments on the poll question of the day. We've had some good phone calls as well. All around some good conversation. Look, who do you trust if your life was on the line or if your daughter's life was on the line is what Salty Steve messaged me earlier. (laughs) I love going down that road, by the way. Shout out to Steve for that. Look, there's maybe only maybe two guys that you trust if your life is on the line to make the right pass. But when I look at their list, and once again, ESPN's list based on their research done for the survey, and we don't know how many they spoke to, how many league executives, how it was, but Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, there's your top five. Then after that, Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. I think you can find a space there for Lamar Jackson. I just do. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We got to take a timeout. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three. Going to talk the latest in recruiting. LSU has been busy, busy, busy. Jarrett Rozier will break it down for us. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Our number three has arrived for RP3 and company. Don't be sad. Yeah, two hours are in the books. But you know what's going to happen? We're going to deliver the goods in the hour, final hour of today's show. It's going to be great. Ali Cassell's going to join us half an hour from right now, talking Pelican Summer League NBA and so much more. That'll be coming up with our good friend from the Bird Rights half an hour from right now. We got a poll question of the day for you to go comment on, go vote on as well. Still got time to leave your comments. Have your voice be heard through your Twitter fingers. Is Lamar Jackson a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? ESPN unveiled its top 10 list based on a survey it conducted with executives, coaches, and players. And Lamar Jackson was not in the top 10. Just a reminder, NFL executives and some coaches believe Lamar Jackson should have been playing wide receiver and would not succeed as a quarterback in the National Football League. He has as many playoff wins as Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson do. He's led his team to the playoffs three times in four years. Been an all-pro, two-time Pro Bowler, and an MVP. And completes 64% of his passes. Just throwing it out there. That's just data. It's just data. Not that MVPs really all that matter, but Lamar Jackson should be in the top ten. 
Just saying. Should be. So go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep them clean for the kids. But right now, it's time for us to get the latest updates in the world of recruiting. It has been a fast and furious time over across the basin in Baton Rouge as Brian Kelly apparently is living his life like Dominic Toretto a quarter mile of time when it comes to the recruiting trail. To break it all down for us is our preferred recruiting analyst, our good friend Jarrett Rozier from Rivals and 18 other websites. Jared, good morning. How are you? Not too bad, man. Keeping busy for sure. How are y'all doing this week? Keeping busy for sure. Keeping busy for sure. When you live your lifestyle, do you take pity on others who do not? Like when you look at it, when you look at a normal Joe, just you know, Joe Schmo, say RP3, yours truly, and you go, man, huh, that could be my life. I'm happy it's not. Is that what you say to yourself? No, man. I think we're all trying to get like you, honestly. Um, <laughs> what bald and big? <laughs> you don't want that, brother. Enjoy the, your the hair. Big, bald, beautiful host. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy yeah, having I- hair as long as you can, brother. I am in. I'm enjoying the uh, the locks for sure. Um, but I mean, one of one of our other bald friends that I was with in Pittsburgh last week, Tyler Batiste, has said for years that when he when he thinks about everything I'm doing, running around, trying to balance the work side as well as uh, take some of these trips and whatnot, that he just gets exhausted thinking about it, and so he doesn't really understand it. And uh, I think I've in the last couple of years started to come around to that side as well, where I'm a little exhausted myself and excited to slow it down a little bit, man. Uh, Look, man, when you get to, you get to my age, I'm in my forties. I'm married, been married uh, a wonderful 10 years, have a daughter Uh, your lifestyle. uh, It makes me want to take a nap. (laughs) That's all I, I just go, I go, Oh no, no, no. God, God bless him. God bless him. He can handle it. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Look, when I think back to, two or three years ago for me like pre-pandemic me it makes me now want to take a nap for sure (laughs) all right man talking about people that don't take naps brian kelly the man has been on a heater of late it keeps rolling right along had five in four days when we talked last tuesday but they have added another five since then and lsu's class for 2023 is creeping up to be in a top five class and they're already adding some great star power for 2024 what can you tell us about the five that they've added in the last week yeah i mean just to start july you have 10 in the first 11 days of the month uh the five over the last week they dipped a little bit more into that 2024 class so it, it started with a guy that we talked about a couple times previously uh, early on in his recruitment, Xavier Atkins, the linebacker from Jonesboro Hodge, committed to that 2024 class last Tuesday. Uh, and then they got back to the 2023 group, a Las Vegas defensive back, Jeremiah Hughes, on Thursday night, a really highly regarded wide receiver out of Miami and Jalen Brown on Friday afternoon, evening. And then linebacker, athlete, Whit Weeks out of uh, out of Georgia, the younger brother of transfer linebacker West Weeks, uh, who joined the program this year. He committed on Saturday early afternoon. And then last night, the freshest news is uh, Joseph Stone Jr., JoJo Stone from Grayson High School in Georgia, powerhouse out there in Georgia, committed to that 2024 class. So 
Uh, they're now sitting at 14 commitments for 2023. You mentioned they've they've creeped up. Uh, they're in the top 10 in, in a couple of the the network rankings, uh, pushing top 10 in, in a couple of spots and don't really sh show a lot of signs right now of slowing down. And then for that 2024 class, uh, they're they're up there in that that top 10, I think, across the board, uh, top five in a couple of places, if not mistaken, uh, with some really great early foundations for that currently rising junior class, uh, still two years away from actually stepping foot on campus. We've talked about in recent years, Kirby Smart and his staff coming and poaching guys away from the state of Louisiana in LSU's backyard, away from Coach Ed Orgeron and company. We're seeing Brian Kelly now. This is multiple players from the state of Georgia that they've been able to go into there and take and have commit to come to Baton Rouge. What's, what's going on there? Because typically that's not LSU protocol, but Brian Kelly is like, hey, man, we're coming right into your backyard. We're getting the best prospects. It does. I don't care where they're at. Yeah, they've definitely taken a really national approach, and, and Georgia specifically has been a place where they've had a lot of success. I think a variety of, of factors coming in to play there, but uh, as as spread out as this 23 class is, again, coast to coast, all the way from California with Dalen Austin to the East Coast with the Georgia guys and Deshaun Womack uh, up in the Washington DMV area, to have three 2023 commitments from Georgia – uh, is is pretty big. Um, I, you know, they have currently more Georgia commitments in that class than than any other state, in, including Louisiana, where there's currently two. Um, and and you're getting some, you know, that a powerhouse pipeline with that that Grayson program. We mentioned JoJo Stone committing last night for the 2024 class. 2023, they already have his older teammate Michael Doherty, a, a defensive back, um, and so you've seen the, the coaching staff be spread out as a whole. Um, you see a guy in Cortez Hankton who is a Louisiana native, but had been on staff at Georgia the last few seasons. And so he had some connections there. Uh, Jordan Arsamont, a, a guy that is again, a Louisiana native, but had been up at Virginia and had some familiarity with, with that region up the East coast, uh, Virginia, where again, Whit Weeks, older brother, West Weeks is transferring in from, and so that's as much as we talk about Louisiana being a really talent-rich state, puts more guys into the NFL per capita than any other state. Georgia produces, uh, is you know, one of the top producers of NFL talent in the country as well, um, right up there. And so to be able to make some strong inroads for this first-year staff at LSU in uh, in the Atlanta area and in Georgia as a whole is, is a pretty big storyline early in this, uh, you know, recruiting process of them kind of uh, showing their blueprint of, of how they want to be successful out there. Has Cortez become the, I don't know, rising recruiting guy for Brian Kelly? I think he's one of the names that you're hearing a lot early on. Uh, and he's a name that, you know, from a national standpoint, he was garnering some notable attention during his time at Georgia and has been someone that's been kind of on the rise the last few years and was part of why he was such a big get for this LSU staff, a, a really fantastic wide receiver coach, but also a guy that has been a very successful recruiter. And with this new staff coming into to Baton Rouge, Cortez was a guy that obviously 
though he had been out of Louisiana for a few years, knows the lay of the land, um, particularly uh, in the New Orleans area where of, of which he is a native. And, and so you've seen him. Jalen Brown on Friday was a huge victory uh, receiving-wise, the number 44-ranked overall prospect in the country at, at any position, according to the latest rivals rankings. And so I think that was one where you saw uh, Cortez's name mentioned quite a bit. Also, Jamar Kane with that defensive line group that we talked more about last week uh, has been another name. But the staff really as a whole that Brian Kelly has put together, as much as people wanted to worry about it early on, uh, particularly before some of that Louisiana flavor got added to the mix, people wanted to see how exactly was this all coming together. They've done a heck of a job um, organization-wise with the program early on posting the camps and, and running things while Brian Kelly really did take more of a, um, you know, a hands-off CEO type approach and let those guys run things. And now you're seeing on the recruiting trail, everything that they've done to this point, starting to pay huge dividends pretty much daily. We're talking with Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst, reporter. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Liberty Magnet running back Caleb Jackson is going to announce his recruitment his commitment rather this morning at 10 30 i know lsu is heavily in the mix how do you think this is going to shape out this morning what's your instincts and what's your sources telling you about caleb yeah when, when i mentioned that currently georgia has the most commitments in this uh in this lsu 2023 class uh, you know at the moment I, that's because i do expect caleb jackson to end up evening that number back out in a couple of hours here. He's someone that grew up in Baton Rouge, has really admired the program. I mean, from from the point that I first talked to him before he had scholarship offers, you could tell that he was a guy that did grow up dreaming of playing for LSU, and then LSU was one of the first programs to get involved with him with that previous staff uh, under Coach Ed Orgeron and uh, Kevin Falk, who was coaching the, the running backs at the time and you know some of the other members of that staff. And I think there was a little lull in the transition between staffs uh, that that made things a little bit more up in the air. Texas A&M came in there really strong. Alabama got involved. And so I think those three programs are, are kind of the three to watch this morning, LSU, A&M, and Alabama. But I think that, that this current staff has done a nice job in the past several months to, uh, to really prioritize Caleb and make him feel like there's a great opportunity for him to stay home and, and live that dream. Uh, and, and obviously guys like Caleb at our high level recruits recognize the kind of business side. And it's, it's not just all I grew up wanting to wear purple and gold. And so now that's, that's what I've got to do. I think they've, in addition to showing him that opportunity to realize a dream have kind of laid, laid out a vision that he and current commit Trey Holly can uh, be a, a really nice, thunder and lightning combination in that backfield uh, in the coming years and, and that there's an opportunity for him to have a great college career and set himself up for the next level and uh, talking to Caleb recently he talks about Frank Wilson's his guy I know Nick Brosette's been involved with um, you know when when these guys get to campus and, and that's that's been a nice boost for this program's recruiting efforts as well uh, at, at that position to have a, a former thousand yard rusher a recent thousand yard rusher rusher an in-state guy uh able to, to kind of talk about his experience and so I think LSU has kind of swung it back in their favor and, and gets to add now 
what would be an 11th commitment in 12 days to start the month. Uh, but we'll see in two hours. All right, bud, we'll get you out of here with one more because there was an interesting thing that happened over the weekend. Lots of players and commits uh, and fans, hundreds of them, tweeting hashtag Shelton stays. That was in reference to Catholic High Baton Rouge wide receiver, top prospect Shelton Sampson Jr. What can you tell us about him and how close is he to deciding to commit to stay at home and play for the LSU Tigers? That was interesting to watch unfold on on Sunday, and it started with a, a guy that folks in Lafayette would know. The, the first one that I saw was Kyron Lacey, um, and then right after him, Colby Fields, the transfer from South Carolina, and then Greg Brooks, the transfer from Arkansas. And so interesting to see three Louisiana natives, but three new faces to the program, transfers for that 2022 class, get things started. And then from there, it, it just went off with, hundreds of, of tweets throughout the day uh, trying to to really show that love and an emphasis to Shelton who is the for for rivals certainly the the top rated remaining uncommitted prospect in Louisiana that he was the number two guy for a lot of this recruiting cycle behind Arch Manning in in the rivals rankings and someone that is you know those same programs we mentioned for Caleb Alabama and A&M very heavily involved in uh, his recruitment, as well as Florida State, where his former high school coach, Gabe Bertita, is on staff, as well as David Johnson, a, a Louisiana native who's, who's worked with wide receivers out there in Tallahassee and has some some great recruiting ties um, back in, in Louisiana. And then Oregon and Michigan also in his top six, but it has really seemed like it's those three SEC programs and then Florida State. And he's been someone that is, has been really close to the, the vest with his recruitment. Uh, and is someone that I think from all sides has been an expectation that he would push it a little bit farther. He, he wasn't necessarily close to making a decision. And so to see all of those tweets start popping up on Sunday was interesting to, to watch not only the, the LSU coaching staff, but their players, their commits, uh, and, and ultimately their fan base trying to, to get Shelton to become a part of this, this really hot recruiting July uh, for the Tigers. I, I don't know if they've swayed him to make that jump quite yet. I, I do think that they are well positioned to ultimately earn his signature down the stretch, but um, it, it seems like he may be a little bit farther off than, than a Caleb Jackson or some of these other guys around the state who might pop a little bit more quickly. Jarrett, appreciate your time as always, man. Uh, keep up the tremendous work. And we'll talk to you soon, brother. Yes, sir. Y'all have a great Tuesday. Stay tuned. We'll see what happens with Caleb Jackson in uh, about two hours. That's Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst, reporter, joining us here on RP3 and Company, getting us the latest. Things have been really, really busy for Brian Kelly and his staff as they are heating up on the recruiting trail, locking up guys for 2023 and 2024. We got to take a timeout. We'll update the poll question of the day. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
Oh, the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are packing our bags and headed to Atlanta for SEC Media Days. Tune in starting on Monday as both yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one, and Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame for the games live from SEC Media Day coverage presented by Borderline Furniture. Not only will yours truly and Matthew be broadcasting live, we will also be providing live updates every single day on Footnotes with Kevin Foote and the Jordy Holberg Show with Uncle Jordy. So kick off the 2022 college football season in Atlanta with the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Poll question of the day. It's about Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar a top 10 quarterback in your opinion? That's our poll question of the day. Once again, this is in reference to ESPN putting out a rankings based on a survey they did with league executives, coaches, and players. Lamar Jackson did not crack the top 10. Your top 10 was Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, who I believe may ascend to being the league's best quarterback this year, Tom Brady at four, Joe Burrow at five, Matthew Stafford at six. That's where things start losing me a little bit there. Justin Herbert, who is great, great. He'll win you a lot of fantasy football games. Has he really won anything? Seven. Russell Wilson, maybe on the backside of his career, but I think you're going to see a bit of a resurrection there in Denver. At eight, Deshaun Watson, who didn't play at all last year and may not play this year at nine, and Dak Prescott at 10. That's your top 10. Lamar Jackson not in it. That's our poll question of the day. Is Lamar Jackson, in your opinion, a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League? And the votes have swung a little bit here. We're now 50-50 on this. Went 50-50. We're now 50-50. I'll say this about Lamar. I don't care about the MVPs. That doesn't really matter to me. Aaron Rodgers collects MVPs, only has one Super Bowl ring. So, Peyton Manning used to win MVPs all the time, too, and and fall short in the playoffs until he finally broke through. Okay? Plus, I'm not a guy that judges a greatness of a quarterback or greatness of a player based on championships either. So, or uh, MVPs. It's just not my wheelhouse. But I will say this. When you look at the numbers, Lamar Jackson's a very good quarterback. And yes, he brings something to the table as a runner. But in four seasons, and remember, he took over late his rookie year after the Ravens traded back into the first round to grab him. The rest of that quarterback class, not so great, by the way, with the exception of Josh Allen, who I think may be the best quarterback in the NFL this year. Lamar, in four seasons, has led his team to the playoffs three times. He's been an all-pro, which is far better than being a pro bowler. He completes 64% of his passes year in, year out. That's a good percentage. He's thrown for nearly 10,000 yards, 84 touchdowns. He's rushed for nearly 4,000 yards and 21 touchdowns. I get that he's a dual-threat quarterback. 
But if we're just looking at it and going, okay, top 10 quarterback right now in the league, Lamar Jackson has to be there. He, uh, he has to be there. I, got, I have no problem with their top five, even though I think I believe Josh Allen is ascending to become the best quarterback in the National Football League. But Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Burrow, okay. Justin Herbert has put up phenomenal numbers. They're ridiculous. But once again, the Chargers always have talent and always put up really big numbers, and they always help your fantasy football team. But the Chargers don't win anything. Right? They just don't. Now, could this be a breakout year for Justin Herbert? Sure. I like his prospects. Kid looks good. He looks the part. When I watch him play, I'm old-fashioned. I don't break it down based on awards or championships or anything like that. I, I, they got to pass the eye test for me. Herbert looks the part. Burrow looks the part. Now, they're both young in their career, by the way. Injuries and everything could derail it. I still think Russell Wilson's probably a top 10 quarterback in this league. Matthew Stafford's the one that's curious to me at six because I know he was great in the playoffs or very good. I think great's a bit of an overstep by me. He was very good in the playoffs, but he led the league in interceptions last year. How's a guy that led the league in interceptions, the sixth best quarterback in the, in the, in the league? I don't get that. I don't get that. I have no beef with Matthew Stafford. Do I believe Matthew Stafford's the sixth best quarterback in the National Football League? I don't think so. Doesn't feel that way to me. My gut tells me no. And then you get further down on that list. Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. I am a Dak Prescott fan. I strongly, strongly, strongly dislike the Cowboys. You know this. I will never root for Dallas, but Dak is a good football player. And I've defended Dak on this show, on this station. But Dak's been in the league a little bit longer, a little bit more seasoning than Lamar has. He's on there. And Deshaun Watson's on there. Deshaun Watson's a great player, but he didn't play last year. So how can a guy that didn't play last year and may not play a single down this year. How is that guy a top 10 quarterback in the league? Should availability mean something? If the guys going against Lamar Jackson say the style of play they play in Baltimore lends itself to him being injured because he's more of a dual threat quarterback and you got to have him available. Okay, I let's say I agree with that point. Why is Deshaun Watson on this list? The cat didn't play last year. He may not play this year. How can a guy that may not play for two straight years be a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League? That I don't understand. But I'll tell you once again, there was a preconceived notion about Lamar Jackson. Do I think Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback? No. Do I think he's top five quarterback? No. Do I think he's top 10? Yeah. Because I don't think there's a lot of great quarterbacks in the National Football League. There never is. We have this great young group, though, right now. Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, 
Herbert, and Lamar. That's rare to have that many really, really, really good quarterbacks playing at the same time. By the way, they all play in the AFC. <laughs> Just And Russell Wilson voluntarily went to the AFC. Like, What are you doing, dude? What? What are you doing? You may not even make the playoffs. But the, the notion was Lamar should be a wide receiver, not a quarterback. And I think we still have that stigma of anybody that can run with the football. If you have running ability as a quarterback, there's still a stigma about you not, not being a complete quarterback, not being an elite quarterback. And I think that's just silliness. Because Lamar works for Lamar and what they do in Baltimore. And by the way, the talent they have on their roster, offensive skill position guys, is nowhere near what Deshaun Watson had in Houston, nor what it's been what Dallas, what Dak has had in Dallas. Yet he's got his team helped, got his team to the playoffs three years. In four. Just saying. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. When we come back after this timeout, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights will join us. We'll talk NBA Summer League, New Orleans Pelicans. What are they going to do with that roster? We'll find out next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. There was Little Vainant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo. Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company as we welcome in our second and final guest on this tremendous Tuesday edition of the show. He's the editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights, a man who still has a head full of hair. I'm jealous and envious, a pet lover, and a man who's a firm believer in the New Orleans Pelicans. Ali Cassell joins us now. Ali, good morning, brother. How are you? Good morning, Raymond. I'm done playing with the pups, and I'm ready to talk to you. <laughs> there we go. Trey Murphy the third had himself a heck of a summer league game last night. What do you make of what you're seeing from the young man who started to emerge late in his rookie season? Yeah, so we saw, especially in last night's game, right? He was he was a little bit off in the first opening game on Saturday. Right. We couldn't make a three-pointer. But last night, there were no issues. And while he didn't go crazy, he made three of six from deep, it was what he did everything else on the court that he really enjoyed, right? From the start to the finish, he was aggressive. He was looking to actually attack a lot more of the rim than he normally does, at least compared to last season. So it shows he's growing. His game is definitely growing. Um, he's still giving you the rebounds, like so still giving you threes. But the fact that he's gotten to the free throw line 17 times in two games, that bodes really well, like I said, for his development, that he's probably going to be more than just a regular 3 and D guy, which is something, you know, everybody was uh, labeling him as when he was coming in the league because that dribble game, uh, some passing, that's coming along. Who else stood out to you last night in that summer league game? 
I love Daquan Plowden. Um, yeah. I thought he had several. He's he's a kid out of uh, Bowling Green, I believe. He's not on any kind of contract. He was just invited to play on the Pell's summer league team, but he really acquitted himself well. Uh, showed a variety of ways of scoring right at the rim. Made a couple of jumpers. Um, I, I, and I, I think he's got this great athleticism, right? He moves really well for his size. So I really liked him off the bench. Um, and then also, I guess you, you got to give your tip your cap to Jared Harper. You know, we always knew he was a scorer. Anybody that followed the Pels, especially the G League team last year, knew that Jared Harper can score with the best of them. And we saw that in the first game on Saturday where he scored like 18 points, but he didn't have an assist. Well, last night he had seven assists. And considering, you know, the Pelicans are without Dyson Daniels, Jose Alvarado isn't going to play. They need somebody to facilitate. So I was glad to see that Harper, who's, you know, normally known as a combo guard, a scoring guard, was able to do that. You know, he's just been invited to camp. So what's the likelihood that a guy like that, if he continues to ball out during summer league, will be signed to an actual contract and maybe the Pelicans can stash him on the G League team? G League team, well, rather. Probably yeah, I'm, I'm sure that he will give Pelicans first uh, first option in terms of his future if they do offer him anything because he's been with them for now a couple of years. I'm just curious whether they have anything available, right? I mean, look, they even haven't supposedly signed EJ Liddell yet. And so they've got one two-way contract remaining, no regular roster spots remaining. So you got to make some trades in order to free up some space, right, for the guys. So right now, Jared Harper looks like he's on the outside looking in. Where do we stand on Liddell's injury? He got roughed up a couple times and then had to leave the game. I know we're waiting on an MRI. How severe do you think it may be? I'm worried he ripped the ligament. Oh. I mean, honestly, the first injury where it caused him to leave the game in the first half, um, it, it didn't look bad, right? He was They were in transition. He caught a pass from Najee Marshall. Kind of seemed like he landed wrong, but he was able to walk normally to the locker room. Uh, but it was the second one, right? About four minutes out of halftime where he was trying to put some weight on his right leg, you know, trying to get some position against the defender leaning left. And for some reason, his right knee buckled, right? I don't know whether it slipped or whatever, but, you know, he ended up in a position where you don't want to see, right? It was an unnatural looking position. All the weight came down on his knee was really bent behind him so you're hoping it was just like a hyperextension but like I said when you see knees and legs bend that much you know your fear of course is a ligament being torn so fingers crossed for him but he had to have a lot of help getting off the court um, couldn't put really any weight on that right leg and then supposedly people that were at the game said that Pelican staffers went and got his family right so while the game was still going on so it sounds like the news isn't probably good so they drafted him in the second round, but they did not sign him yet. So, I mean, this is the worst case scenario for this young man who's trying to earn a roster spot. The Pelicans haven't locked him up, and now he could have an injury that may just derail his career before it even starts. Yeah, that's like I said, that's what's curious to me, because almost every player I've ever encountered usually is on some kind of contract heading into summer league play, just for insurance purposes. So I'm sure at least some way he's going to be covered for this. But as far as, you know, if he hasn't signed a contract, you're right. Because all of a sudden, do you want to create an open roster spot for a guy who may lose, you know, this entire year? Let's say it's a worst-case scenario and he ripped, like, his ACA, ACL, MCL, something like that. And then he maybe just gets stuck with a two-way contract. Well, I don't think the Pelicans would do anybody, you know, let's say dirty like that. You still wonder, right, why isn't this contract done? Why isn't he fully protected? Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what comes out. 
We're talking with Ali Cassell, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. You know, we talked about the roster and how they're kind of maxed out, right? And Liddell was going to be the number 16 guy, but they're probably going to put him on a two-way, stash him in the G League. Well, if he's injured, you don't have to worry about that. But now they have another issue, Devontae Graham being arrested. Uh, what can you tell us and what any course of action are the Pelicans going to take here for uh, the young man who they signed last year? Yeah, so I heard he was despondent naturally, right? Um, getting arrested, you know, blowing what was, I think, a point. I forget exactly what the intoxication level was, but he did blow something. And uh, like I said, he was despondent about it, but the Pelicans asked him to come out to Las Vegas, and, and he did. He's with the team there now. So it doesn't sound like he's getting traded or anything like that. But, yeah, it's just something that he probably wishes he didn't happen. And for somebody that I know is very close to his mom, I guarantee you he's already given she's already given him an earful. So I don't think anything's going to come about of this, say, from the Pelicans' perspective, where they're going to punish him or anything like that. The NBA, I don't, I don't foresee it either. Maybe he'll do some community service or something along those lines. But, yeah, it's just another thing that you wish didn't happen, right? I mean, look. Pels have had a couple issues with Jackson Hayes. Now Devontae Graham gets this. And I know that they're trying to avoid all those type of, you know, uh, situations with the rostered players. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think anything, like I said, is going to come of it. So you don't believe anything's going to come of it. Does this mean, does this force their hand and force them not to be able to make a roster move now? Because his trade value probably took a hit as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't go to, say, the level of Miles Bridges, right, who's reportedly, uh, you know, had a battery case and charges brought up against him for striking his wife to where the uh, Charlotte Hornets said they're not going to even extend uh, his contract. I forget exactly the details there, but either way, his NBA career might be in jeopardy. As to where with Devontae Graham, you know, you've heard players, you know, get DWI, something along those lines before and it doesn't really follow them for the rest of their careers what moves if any do you believe the pelicans are going to be making in the next few weeks i don't think they're going to do anything raymond you know jackson hayes Devonte graham the entire team outside of i think pretty much zion and Jonas valanciunas is at las vegas supporting their team so you got to think if hayes or graham are about to get traded they wouldn't ask or be sitting with their teammates like that. I don't think they, it'd be coming out of left field. So the fact that I see them all together, it, it sure screams to me that nothing's going to be happening, at least in the near future. What can you take, if anything, from summer league play? Because once again, it's not against elite competition, right? Uh, it's against young guys that are trying to get reps. And it really doesn't matter in the big, you know, big picture of things. But as someone who covers the Pelicans, what are you looking for the rest of the way for the summer league season? Yeah, so you take stats with a grain of salt, whether they're good or they're bad. What you look at simply, I think, is look at the the, the style and, and the characteristics and what you just see with your own eyes on what these guys are doing on the court. Is it any different from previous seasons? Like so with Trey Murphy. He didn't dribble the ball last year. I mean, part of the reason why he was even taken out of the rotation early, and I remember, I remember talking about this with you on your show and why he wasn't getting minutes was because he didn't look confident. You know, as soon as he touched the ball early last season, he'd want to just give it up, right? He, he didn't want to look to shoot, look to make a play for a teammate. So that's why he kind of lost his role for a couple of months. 
but that guy's no longer visible. And especially now in this summer league to where he's looking to attack aggressively, even though that dribble game's not up to par yet, it doesn't matter. He, he, he's really trying to push the issue. So it's showing to me that his confidence has hit another level. And, and, and honestly, his ball handling, I think it's taken a step forward, even though he had a couple of crazy bad turnovers in that first game. I think overall, I see the improvement. So that's what you look for, right? Just natural improvement. As to where with him, I've been very positive. With Najee Marshall, I mean, I've got, if you, if you got to point out somebody that's kind of disappointed so far, it might be him. You know, he, he's, he's made a name for himself and a role, carved out a role in this spot on this roster because of his tenacity, right? He can defend multiple positions. He plays really hard. He's kind of a leader um, for this young squad. And his transition game is probably his best part of his offensive repertoire still. You kind of want to see him do more, right? So while he can make some assists, he still does the turnovers. Hasn't made a three, I think, yet, right, in two games. And we're not going to see him play anymore. Both he and Trey are done, right? They just played two games. So I didn't see anything new out of Najee, and that concerns me because with the Pelicans, how deep they are, and suddenly needing roster spots, well, he almost becomes expendable, right? When If, if say, you want to get somebody out there whether through trade or – there's a free agent out there that's got your eye or as you talked about, maybe Jared Harper, maybe you think he can fit a role in this team now. So yeah, that's what you look for when you're watching these summer league games. Cause don't just walk away looking at the box score. It won't tell you much because most of these guys they're playing against, as you said, I think it's like 70, 80% will not be in the NBA. So it's a level below of the NBA regular play. Ollie, I don't need to pay attention to the stat line to know that you deliver the goods every single Tuesday, brother. Thank you for your time, my friend. Enjoy your week. Absolutely, buddy. You do the same. Appreciate you, bud. It's Ollie Cassell, editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights, joining us, breaking down NBA Summer League in New Orleans Pelicans. What's going on on and off the court? Appreciate Ollie for his time. we got to take a timeout. Our final one of today's show. We'll finalize the poll question of the day and get you set up for Kevin Foote and Footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, the Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball. You can listen to their game live tonight right here on The Game. First pitch, 840 from Anaheim as the Strohs are wrapping up their final week before the All-Star break on the road in lovely sunny California. First pitch, 840. Strohs at the Halos tonight, and you can listen to it right here on the game. And here's the other thing that you can do. In addition to listening to the Strohs live right here on the game, you can also get hooked up, score yourself tickets to watch them live in person that's right the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway Houston takes on the Seattle Mariners on Saturday July 30th and you can be there register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today to score yourself four tickets a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night Astro weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC Le Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I want to take a moment to thank our guests this morning for making this Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company tremendous. Jarrett Rozier from Rivals, our recruiting expert, about all the activity with Brian Kelly and his staff for the LSU football team, and Ali Cassell from the Bird Rights Talking NBA Summer League in the New Orleans Pelicans. 
poll question of the day. Plenty of good phone calls, plenty of good comments on Facebook and Twitter. We asked you, is Lamar Jackson a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League? And a bit of a stunner at the end. 51% of you say yes. 49% say no. Thanks to all who voted on the poll question of the day and all who left their comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. And also, a big shout-out, if we can, to the phone calls. Doug and James delivered the goods today. Two strong phone calls. They're in the mix for the Game Changer of the Week. What? Just saying. Just saying. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. But not to worry. Don't be sad. We'll be back tomorrow from 6 to 9. The producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, will be here, a.k.a. the Mass Bandit. I'll be here, the big, bald, and beautiful one, and we'll try to put together a great show for you tomorrow morning. But until that time, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is coming up next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home, for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.